But I wanted us to remember the blessings we have in the Lord today. Uh, we are so blessed. We are so blessed as children of God. And I think if we remember the Lord in all we do, it will take us a long way. So my sermon today will be Remember the Lord. It will be based on Deuteronomy chapter 8. I know my last sermon was on Love the Lord with all your, the Lord your God with all your heart. And I probably mentioned a bit of Deuteronomy 8 in there. But today I want us to reflect on Deuteronomy chapter 8. Remember the Lord. And um, before the sermon I've called six of us amongst us to read the scriptures. Okay, so Tosin will begin. Jessica will follow. Elliot will follow. Geraldine, Marion, and Tam. So I'll sit down for the scriptures to be read and share some talks. Do not forget the Lord. Be careful to follow every command I have given you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to, uh, to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors have known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and referring to him. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with books, streams and deep springs, cushioned out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Amen. So in verse 18 he goes to say, 
But remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. And we, as Christians, we ought to remember the Lord. Summer is here, okay? Life is busy. Holidays are planned. Those going camping and all the things you need to remember to take. The families to visit. The children. School break. Routines have to be readjusted. Whatever your routine had been is broken. Or it's probably non-existent. (laughs) And in all this, it's easy to forget the Lord. It is so easy to be busy, forget the Lord. The weather is nice, apart from occasional rain. But it's been warm and beautiful. Football, Wimbledon, cricket. The sports people have enjoyed their bit as well. But it's so easy for us to forget the Lord. And the question is, how do we remember the Lord? How do we remember the Lord? In verse 11, he gives us a clue. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. How do we do that? Failing to observe his commands. When we fail to observe God's commands, we forget him completely. How do we remember the Lord? He says, we need to not forget his commands. In verse 1, he said, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. We need to be careful to follow the instructions God has given us. Verses goes on to say the same. Walk in obedience to him and revere him. Verse 10. When you have eaten and satisfied, praise the Lord. We need to praise the Lord. This is how we remember. It's very simple. The thing about Christianity, as I find, is it is very simple. It's only when we decide not to obey that things get complicated. But it is very, very simple. Very basic. Get up and praise the Lord. It's very simple, isn't it? To be able to say, God, you gave me food. I'm so thankful. God, you gave me that house to live in. I'm so thankful. God, I can stand here today feeling fit. I'm so thankful. It may not be every case, but we need to thank the Lord. We need to thank the Lord all the time. We need to remember what the Lord has done for us. Why do we do that? Why? He said so that you may live. Why? So that you may increase. In their context, to increase means their enemies wouldn't devour them. So that is their security. That is their economy. This is what God is said for us. He wants us to live life and to be secure and to live well. So that you may possess the land. Eternity for us in that promise. Salvation. I bring you into a good land. Brook, stream, deep spring, wheat, barley, vines, fig tree, pomegranate, grace, olive oil, honey. Now, think of it for a moment. He said this in the context of these people wandering in the, on the desert. Have you gone camping and then you realize you've forgotten something? <laughs> and the next town is probably 20 miles away or something. Now, imagine being on a desert. Hot snakes, scorpions, and then God says, 
I'm giving you brooks, stream, deep spring, wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, olive oil, honey, bread. <coughs> he goes on to say, you will lack nothing. This is in the context of the desert. I led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with venomous snakes and scorpions. Oh, by the way, I was reading the certain cold field observer this morning and I realized a woman got bitten by a snake walking her dog. I love going into those bushes, so it's a warning sign for me. (laughs) But God protects these people in the desert from all these things. That is the context. He said, I'm giving you this so that your life will enhance. I'm not preaching gospel message and what you call prosperity gospel here. Health and prosperity gospel is false doctrine, by the way. You know the people who say, oh, if you're a Christian, you should never be ill. That is false doctrine. Okay? If you're a Christian, you should never be poor. That is false doctrine. So um, that's not what I'm preaching here. God blesses us eternally. So I'm not saying what God is promising that we're all going to be rich and live in big houses. No, that's not what I'm preaching. God blesses, he said, the righteous and the wicked. In the New Testament, bear that in mind. The only promise for a Christian is eternal life. The only promise for a Christian is eternal life. A Christian may fall ill. A Christian may be poor. A Christian may have mental health issues. Or whatever issues we do have in the world, we are in the world. How we deal with those things through our faith is what makes the difference. But what is guaranteed is that this body of ours will be laid to rest, to dust, and will live forever. Amen? Amen. That is our hope. That is our promise. That is our promise. And so when you come to Christianity thinking, oh, here I am, everything is rich, Health, that's not true gospel. Study the Bible of the book of Job. You see what, and Jesus is himself. Look at his life. The son of man had nowhere to lay his head. Okay, he was tired and hungry sometimes. He cried, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? That is the Lord will follow. But God wants to bless us. God would like to bless us. If we follow his commands, And there are three things that stops us from following. The testing time stops us from following the Lord. The bountiful time stops us from following the Lord. And the gods of this world will stop us from following the Lord. The testing times. He said, I cause you to hunger. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on everywhere that comes from the word of the Lord. I cause you to hunger. Now, I'm not good at fasting at all. I do fast, but let tell you, it takes some self-denial for me to fast. I love my food. Okay? You see me tiny, I eat a lot. <laughs> I also run a lot. But I eat a lot. The only thing I don't, I don't like sweets. Okay, so you, you will find me eating biscuits and all those in-between things. I want a proper meal, if you know what I'm saying. 
and it must be a lot of food, <laughs> and it must be a lot of meat. Yes. Okay. Come on. I remember when Jackie and I got married, and uh, I said to Jackie, "I'm sure we can buy more meat." <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> She was, she was giving me all this vegetable. I don't think it's okay. I love, yeah, but let's have meat. <laughs> okay, so I do eat a lot. But when I'm hungry, when there is no food, generally, wherever economy you are in, when there is no food, something is wrong. And you feel it's a testing time. It's a testing time. I remember. A point in Ghana during, I think in the 70s, there was a, a coup d'etat and it was a revolution. So I think the government was seen by the world to be a Marxist government. So Americans type, cortile British. And the only place, actually the only nation supporting Ghana at that point was Libya. Canal Gaddafi, I remember. It's quite interesting when the Western world tried to suppress certain governments. They turn all the students... <laughs> To become Marxist. <laughs> because guess what? Gaddafi became our hero yeah. at that point. Because he was the only one sending oil and food to Ghana. And then you step out and then you look at, anyway, let's stop politics. <laughs> <laughs> but there was food crisis in Ghana. There was food crisis in Ghana. It was testing time. I remember I was in boarding school and um, we were used to beans and plantain. And we came to dining dining hall, and there was this fish we never seen in our life. And we thought, are we, are we meant to eat this fish? You know, wherever it came from, we didn't know. But it was honestly, we run to dining hall. It was first come, first serve. All of a sudden, we never used to run to dining hall. You go, your food will be there. But this time, we run and fight each other for food. It was terrible. But the point is, hunger is a testing time. And in our lives, there will be occasions where we'll face tests for 40 years. And he said, I did that to teach you that you should, you should trust in me. We'll face testing times in our Christian life. It could be finance. It could be health. It could be marital challenges. It could be parenting challenges. Whatever it is, it's a testing time. Now, I do know the congregation at the Birmingham Church, you face your testing times. Yes. And he said, I did that to see if you trust in me. Mm-hmm. Not every test comes from God, by the way. Satan can also use certain things to want to push away. But I tested you to see. So we are going to face testing times. And in your testing moment, would you be faithful to the Lord? Mm-hmm. In bountiful times, in bountiful times, will also face that test. He said, we could go to say, um, my hands has produced all that I've acquired. In bountiful times, we can be quite proud. And we think, we did it. We did it. It's funny, I always talk about qualification and stuff. And you see somebody with their qualification, and you think, wow, they are so intelligent. You don't realize. I talk, I talk for myself, and I've shared this before. Yes, I am an accountant and all that and fellow of the institute. I remember my last exams, I nearly walked out of that exams. The only reason I stayed to sit that paper was because other people were walking out. (laughs) 
I sat in that room and thought, I read the paper and I think I'm going to fail. I better walk out. It's embarrassing. And I saw other people walking out. And I thought, oh, so this paper must be difficult for everybody. And then I sat through the exams and did the best I could. And I got 15 marks. I do believe 15 marks was given to me purely because a lot of people failed. Because in the professional body, they do what they call the quota system. Like they would decide this year, we only need 1,000 accountants. So even if you got 95% and the other 1,000 got 97%, you have failed. My point being, I'm not an accountant because I'm a brilliant mind. I believe it was by the grace of God. (laughs) And sometimes you see people and you say, oh, look at them. No, God puts us where we are. I'm not here in the full-time ministry because I'm a brilliant Christian. On the contrary, I have failed a lot in my Christian life. But I respect God's word. And I want to call other people to God's word. So, we need to be humble in all circumstances. We need to be humble in all circumstances. Some parents, when their children are doing one thing, it's because of them. No, praise God for that. Mm-hmm. And when their children feel, they think it's their fault too. No, it's not your fault. It's always God working. It's always God working. My grandmother died thinking, I'm a heretic. <laughs> I always share this. My grandmother always would come to my room and pray. And he used to make me sick. <laughs> Grandmama, not another prayer. Not another prayer. Every morning she would come to my room. Of course I was in boarding because during summer holidays. She would come to my room 5 a.m. and pray. She finished praying and I mount the wall and go back to the disco, you know. But she was doing her best. I was such a rebel. And it's funny, who was I having that conversation? He said, when did you start really seeking God? It was 1986 when my grandmother died. My grandmother died on the 14th of June, 1986. And I think I took the Bible that day and started reading. In 1987, I got baptized. You see her legacy. In her life, she didn't see what she did. She would have thought she's a failure. But that's how God works. In bountiful times, we can forget the Lord. Finally, he goes on to say in verse 19, If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bind them to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. You see, there are many gods in this world that is taking our lives and our children away. And we need to be aware. In my youth, my God was Bob Marley. <laughs> Tell us. Okay. Tell us that. I had a dreadlock wig. <laughs> and uh, I dare not grow the thing because my grandmother would kill me. <laughs> but when she's not there, I had my wig on. I remember when we went to the mission team in Accra. And, um, and uh, I was with Charles actually. And I saw an old classmate of mine. In fact, he was my dormitory mate. We were in the same dorm. And I said to Charles, ask this guy if he knows Sammy Roger, because my full name is Samuel Roger Frempong. And my mate will call me Sammy Roger. I said, ask him if he knows Sammy Roger. So Charles went to the guy. I was standing by Charles. And he said, do you know Sammy Roger from this school? You, 
He said, we all know him. The guy said, I know him. He was a Rastafarian. <laughs> he said he was a Rastafarian and he took a lot of drugs. <laughs> That's what he said to Charles. And I was standing right there. He said, yeah, he was a Rastafarian and he took a lot of drugs. And I, I kept quiet. You know, I was just listening. So when he finished, and I said, hi, Tommy Schroeder. <laughs> and he said, is that you? And he said, you are carrying the Bible. You know what I'm saying? He was so shocked by my transformation. Now, why did he say I used to take a lot of drugs? Because all my friends, if you came into my friend's dormitory, it would be dark. And all you see is this red glow and out. I never took smoke ever in my life. I never took drugs once. But most of my friends will move together. So everybody thought, I took the stuff, but I've never smoked once in my life. Actually, I smoked once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shared, and, I, and, and I shared that with you. <laughs> I smoked once in my life. I was about seven, eight years old, and I took my granddad's cigar. Granddad wasn't there. I sat in his armchair. Put on, I put on his Wellington boots, and I put on his sun hat, and I was... <laughs> and I saw before I realized I was rolling down the floor my grandmother has a massive hand in there. <laughs> that was the last time I smoked <laughs> she was experimenting I love my grandmother she was big and tough and she just hit me from her car but I saw myself rolling up so, yeah, I wasn't, it didn't affect me mentally or anything like that. It was good for me. Social workers would blame her, but for me, it was necessary. But the thing is, again, talking about my grandmother, she, she wouldn't allow me to smoke. And I remember again going to boarding school for the first time. The initiation, actually, in board, this boy's boarding school was the seniors who come and give you something to read. Puff, and they go to the next. And when they came to me, I said, "No." And guess what? We were boys in the shower room, waist around us, and I have the marks on me. They beat me with belts because I wouldn't take that stuff. But what was the voice in my mind? My grandmother's voice: wow. "Don't smoke that stuff. Don't smoke that stuff." And I never took it. And when we went on a mission to me again, we went to Hope Worldwide. Went to the mental hospital to help. I saw two of my mates in that place and I know the first time they tested that thing was in that initiation session. You understand what I'm saying? The gods of this world. Our teenagers, let me speak to you. I've been a teen. I've shared with you. I remember coming back from boys boarding school for the first time. I thought I was a man. What did I see men do? They drink alcohol, whiskey. So I stole a bottle of whiskey and called three of my friends and we ran off to an old shed somewhere in the hills and drank the whole thing. When I woke up, I was in hospital bed. My grandmother sitting by me. See the pain I put my grandmother through. But I thought I was being a man. Stole a bottle of whiskey. So when my daughters mess up, I'm thinking, you have no idea, dad has been there. Now I don't want my daughters to mess up. They won't do what I've done. 
But my point is, I understand where Satan really wants to push us to. And God doing his best to push us the other way. That was me. I could have died from that incident, by the way. Why did we get rushed to hospital? We were completely unconscious. We didn't know when we were taken to hospital. By the gods of this age. Because I was a teenager trying to follow the trend. The smoking, the wig, red, naughty, dread, love, dread, congo, bongo, man, the whole night. My daughter saying, Amper man or whatever. We went to Bob Marley in those days. Okay, my point is, the music scene was my God. We need to be careful. And we need to warn our children against it because right now they don't see what we see. You may have those battles at home. The God of money. Be very careful. The only reason I decided to study accountancy was because of money. I came here to study medicine. And I decided to switch to accountancy. My family were mad. But I had read that, one, if you become an accountant, you can cheat the tax laws and make money. Of course, I became a Christian too soon. (laughs) So I couldn't cheat the tax system anymore. But actually, I did love tax. In fact, my tax lecturer wanted to recruit me into his firm. He was a very brilliant mind. A barrister and uh, a fellow in the Institute of Taxation. He loved my work. And I thought, man, I'm going to follow him. He used to tell me stories. I won't mention his client, but he had some wealthy clients. An inheritance tax. Wow. He was just good at it. He was brilliant. And I knew all these things. Think, wow, I'm heading that way. Agricultural tax, all this. We talk about taxation. I tell you, all the rich and landed people in Britain, Greek, they avoid all the taxes and they are rich and the government gives them money if they have good accountants. But anyway, money was my God at that point and I became a Christian. And I remember studying discipleship and thinking, man, if this is true, then one day I may be in a village somewhere in Africa preaching the gospel. That wasn't my mission in life at that point. My mission was to be rich and marry four wives and have 30 children or something. <laughs> so. God save me, amen. amen. <laughs> so God saved me in many ways. Okay. The gods of this world. We need to watch out. I don't know what your God will be. As in the small g. What is the God that you worship secretly? Maybe your diet, your image, your brands, your pension. I don't know what your God will be. The small g God. Which you are worshipping and putting that above the true creator of the universe. We need to watch out for that. We need to watch out for that. But really, God, Moses was telling the people, do not forget the Lord. We shouldn't forget the Lord. He is there to give us wonderful things. He gives us the ability to produce wealth. He brings us into a good land. 
He gives us true life. He makes us increase. He enhances us in every way. That is the Lord we need to remember. So tomorrow, tomorrow, when you wake up Monday and life is busy, and I know it will be, just remember the Lord first. Before you step out, make sure you have remembered the Lord. You have thanked Him for even waking up from your sleep and the breakfast you had and the safe trip you had in your car. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. It's very simple. In your testing times, you don't know the background work that God is doing. In the desert, these people have forgotten that uh, God was feeding them with manna, giving them water, protecting them from the snakes and the scorpions. And yet, they were not content. God is doing something in the background that you have no idea. You need to thank him for that. In your bountiful times, in your good times, when you open the prosecco or whatever it is, to enjoy your sunshine, don't think your hand produced it. Thank God for it. Of course, enjoy life. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy life. Enjoy life. I do enjoy life. I don't have many things to enjoy, but I can sit and listen to Le Miserable for three hours and feel completely fired up. Or Handel's Messiah for three hours and feel completely fired up. Whatever your joy is, enjoy, but thank God for it. And as you remember the Lord, God wanted these people to increase all over the world. Let's help others to come to know the Lord as well. Let's help others to. So, brothers and sisters, as we enjoy the summer, let's remember the Lord. Thank you.